Do I believe that we should be wasting memory? We've got so much memory these days. What's the point of conserving it? What's the point of trying to find a more efficient way of doing it? Shouldn't we just be throwing it away? Well, my name is Eric Normand, and these are my thoughts on functional programming, and those are the questions I'm going to answer right now. So, in a a few episodes back, I think I mentioned something about wasting memory and how we have so much of it these days, and I probably just didn't express myself very clearly. Um, I probably said something about how we have so much and we're still treating it like we're living in the 70s when we when we had much less memory it was very expensive and so why not just waste it right why not just use it without trying to conserve it make it efficient and um that's not really the intention i meant what i meant was we've got a situation where a lot of our systems and our software development practices were built at a time or were created at a time when we did have much less memory than we have now and one of the ways to work around that was to use a lot of mutable state and to make our records in our like in our databases stuff that's supposed to be persisted to a permanent medium like a disk or a tape, we would make that mutable as well. And what I really just didn't express well was that we waste so much memory already. We waste it because we... I mean, mostly because we can, but we just bloat everything with like huge stacks of abstractions, and you know we we're just bad at it now, in a way that you couldn't even have imagined back then, because we didn't have the thing. And while we're doing all that waste, we still throw away our our records. We still overwrite stuff. We still use mutable state as if we didn't have the memory. So I guess my my main point is like when we when we develop an information system outside of the computer. So you want to track some paperwork, you want to like for instance a good example is in a doctor's office, they're legally required to keep good records, at least here in the U.S. We have to do that. And um, part of uh, keeping your license is keeping your records uh, you know, up to a certain standard and keeping them um, archived for a long time and having them ready if someone asks you for them and keeping them private. And there's this whole uh, ethics around the, the records and maintaining them. 
and you see this over and over. Information systems in the real world have put a lot of effort into maintaining the records for, I mean, basically forever, in perpetuity. And it seems nuts that we would allow our digital records to be done in a way that that just throws them away or, or overwrites them willy-nilly. You know, we spend so much time keeping our paper, archival quality, acid-free, our pens are not going to, you know, fade, the ink isn't going to fade, we scan it and we make a backup. But then our database, if someone, if someone is, say, fired or they leave a job, we just erase their row in the in the database. Now I'm sure like professional you know systems don't do this, right? Like enterprise grade software does not just throw away a row because someone leaves the company. But they do overwrite stuff all the time. Right? I, I remember I had to do uh, some work on PeopleSoft once. PeopleSoft is like an enterprise-grade um, employment software system it's supposed to keep like employee records and who gets paid and like what their benefits are you know all that stuff and you could just go in and change someone's name in the system and it would just be like it was never different there's no record no trace that that name had been changed just change the field in the database and now the person's name is different and it's like it had always been different So that's, that's really what I meant, that it's crazy that we are simultaneously wasting our memory like we have so much that we don't really need to conserve it, even though we probably do. At the same time, we are not using the memory for the good thing that it could give us which is permanent records, which we work so hard to do outside of the computer. Now, one of the benefits of having immutable records is that they're very good for um, sharing for concurrency that you could think of it as a shared resource and if it's immutable then any number of threads could share that piece of data at the same time and none of them would unexpectedly see a change 
right? One of the the hard parts of concurrent or parallel programming is that you have to do locks around shared resources so that you have a only one thing is changing something at a time and that no one is seeing an inconsistent right. But you avoid that whole problem entirely by not letting anybody write, basically. And so this is, this is a different issue from making uh, data permanent forever, right? This is simply that in memory, while data is being processed, you also want it to be immutable. It's very related because, you know, you write it to disk and it gets read in later, so it's still kind of in process. But it goes back to that definition of data that we had for functional programming, which is that data is a fact about an event that you can use for a later computation. It's data about an event. A fact, sorry, fact about an event. So whether it's, whether it's accurate information or not, it, it is a fact that I read this, right? The sensor could be malfunctioning, but I read this from the sensor at this time, right? Or the sensor has a certain error, margin of error, but I, this is the, the reading I read at that time. And it's the same with um, a file on a disk. You know, this is what I read from the disk at that time. And it, it, it says that it is what was read at a previous time from a user input. And it was saved, right? So if you think of your data like that, you, you actually gain... It's like a shift in perspective, a shift up in perspective. It's no longer like, I know the user's name. I have captured this information, I know their name. No. What you know is what was written to disk. In the last, you know, measurement of their name. Which was what was captured from a web request which was what presumably was typed into their browser and submitted as part of a, as part of a form, which was, came from their memory and their typing, right? So there's all these levels of translation and, and potential uh, sources of error in that chain of stuff. And so, you know, to to model that as a as an information system that is what we're trying to do so you're not like you're not saying oh their name was wrong let me correct it in in the system what you're what you're saying is i got a new piece of information the name that the system is reporting because of the chain of data that it's 
that led to this system having this last piece of data as the name that I'm getting inf new information that says the name is wrong here is the correct name from this other person or the same person who's correcting right so to think of data in that way you um, you're starting toward this model of an information system it's less of a you know computer program and more of an information system all right I don't have much more uh, to say today on the nature of information systems but as homework uh, I'd, I'd love for you dear listeners to think about pre-computing information systems that you might know of and I'll give you two examples and um, I'll leave it at that so the first is that one I talked about before the medical records are a complete information system that allows for doctors to be wrong so they make a diagnosis and often it's not right and um, then there has to be a way of correcting it and what they don't do is cross out or throw away the paper where they made the wrong diagnosis right they have some other mechanism which is usually to add another paper that that says this other one was wrong we made another measurement that diagnosis was wrong okay and the second one is accounting where you want to keep track of every transaction that happens and sometimes you make a mistake right and so there's all sorts of stuff about well, this transaction happened, but we didn't record it until later, so we have to backdate it. There's all sorts of processes for adding transactions to the register um, out of order or, um, you know, making corrections or dealing with inconsistencies called reconciliation. There's, there's, you know, this is a complete information system, and this is the kind of thing that functional programming moves towards. When you're dealing with, you know, soft, bigger software problems. All right, thank you so much, and I'll see you later. Bye.